Why is it that when you think of Jesus, you think of this guy, okay? Why is that? I, I want to ask you, that guy, why is it that you think that? Why is it that when you think of who Jesus is, you don't think of a warrior? I mean, in the book of Revelation, he is described like this. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is faithful and true. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on himself that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name is the word of God. And the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. All right, that's figurative language. I love the fact that he has a figurative tattoo on his leg, in case you're wondering. The point is that Jesus is not ever going to come back to die again. When he comes back, he's going to be the king. He's coming back to reign, like the Cubs, except more than for one season. That's all I'm getting out of that? Okay. The Bible says the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Jesus said of himself, do not, this is when he was here the first time, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Well, hang on, Tim. I, I thought he was a prince of peace and it was peace on earth. Yes, peace for our hearts. Yes, peace vertically with God but peace horizontally with earth, then why did they kill him for that? Capital punishment doesn't make any sense for being peaceful. Peace on earth is different than peace with the evil on earth. And it's just hard for me to reconcile the wimpy, hippie Jesus with the guy who went into the temple and made a whip and drove out the money changers that had turned the, the house of God into a den of thieves. He overturned tables. He made a whip. Do you understand that? That's why they killed him, because he was not peaceful. But I like the Christmas Jesus best in his golden fleece diapers. <laughs> but he grew up, Ricky. And it's hard to reconcile the wimpy golden fleece diaper Jesus with a story in Luke 4 when Jesus is teaching in his hometown and the people are mad at him and, they get, and it says they got up and they drove him out of town and led him to the brow of a hill to throw him off a cliff. And literally, they ran him out of town, but Jesus passed through the crowd and went on his way. What happened there? They were going to kill him, and all of a sudden, Jesus turns around and walks right back through them again. That doesn't sound like golden fleece hippie Jesus to me. He took on the whole crowd. What did he do? Why did they change? Was it the look in his eyes? You know, do you want some of this? I don't know. I mean, physically, Jesus could not have been a wimp. The Bible says he was a carpenter, and I know you, you have a, an image of what that means, but it really just meant he was a builder. I mean, if he, if he worked with wood, he had to be a lumberjack also because there was no Home Depot back then, so he had to fell his own trees, right? And he also worked with stone, and I'm just saying that Jesus was a tradesman who worked with his hands, and he wouldn't have been a wimp. 
Also, he had supernatural power. Let's not forget that. So maybe when the crowd was going to push him off the cliff, he turned around and gave him an X-Man thing or a superhero thing, you know, and just, just a look in the eye or something. I don't know. Or maybe like at the tomb, this happened before, the angels who you know were there actually showed up, like showed themselves. And everybody was like, oh, you know, like when your big brother shows up when you're getting ready to get pounded. It was one of those moments. All I know is Jesus was fierce enough to turn and walk right through the crowd and nobody touched him. When it was his time, when it was his time, he would lay down his life, but it was a sacrifice. He said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. Jesus was the greatest warrior of all time, and I'll tell you why I can say that. While maybe he did not do a lot of physical battles here on this earth, I know that when Jesus died, he went into the pits of hell and for three days and three nights did the fiercest spiritual battle that anybody has ever waged against every demon in hell. He took on sin and the grave and death and, the, and won the most important battle in history. He defeated all of the forces of darkness. The stone was rolled away, and he walked out king of kings, lord of lords, fiercest warrior who ever lived. So let's talk about why this is important today in the hearts of our men on Father's Day. And I need to change because this is getting awkward, isn't it? <laughs> My wife kind of likes it, but everybody else is just awkward. <laughs> so I'll change, and I'll come right back. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Happy Father's Day. Dad's rule, okay? Happy Father's Day to you. Hopefully uh, your warriorness is not against your father like Luke Skywalker, okay? But God has created in you the heart of a warrior. I want you to understand that. So important. We need men to step up. We, if God were to do a search of churches today, I think he would find the same thing he found in Old Testament days when he said, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one, no one to stand in the gap, no men of integrity, no men of courage, no warriors. Why is that? I wonder if God were looking for the men today, what would he find? Five and six guys in America, five out of six of them say they're a believer in Jesus, only two out of six of them identify with a local church, even bother showing up. Why is that? Because there are more women in the church than there are men, period. And why is that? And somebody said, I think that maybe the problem is the church world. We've tried to make the men into women. And I'm not saying that women shouldn't be warriors, okay? I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, but I love that there's a good woman superhero, okay? They should be strong and courageous and fight. Way to go. This is good. Amazonian women's. All right, good, okay? I, I'm the father of three daughters, man. Don't think I don't want to empower women. I do. But I now have a grandson, okay? I actually have two. So I have a granddaughter and two grandsons, and I see the difference. This is the first time. A picture of my lovely, it's Father's Day, it's my church, I get to show all my pictures. <laughs> Olivia and Charlie on the right are very different from each other. Olivia lives in California, Charlie lives in Nashville. Olivia is going to make a great leader. She is fun and crazy, and you cannot look into those eyes and say no to her, okay? I'm just telling you, it's just not possible. Uh, we, we, she was here last week, Lauren was in a wedding shower for our adopted Bolivian girl, and uh, so I got to babysit some. So I'm babysitting one day, and, um, you know, Livy wakes up from her nap, and... 
and so I called Lauren because she was at this baby shower doing some stuff. And I called her. I said, hey, she's, you know, only been asleep an hour. Should I leave her in there? You know, let her, let her you know, stay, see if she goes back to sleep. Well, evidently, the baby monitor, it's a video baby monitor. Evidently, it's farther away in their room than it was where it was placed in our house because it was right next to the crib. And I'm like talking to Lauren. I'm like, should I, should I leave her there? Let her just, you know, go back to sleep. And I turned and I looked at the monitor and I, 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 had, I cracked up. I had to switch Lauren over to FaceTime so she could see what was going on because Lauren, little Olivia is just staring right into the monitor. <laughs> just like, oh, no, you didn't. I'm getting up now. I mean, she's just like, it was eerie. It was crazy. I promise you, okay? But, but, but it, it's different with Charlie because she still wants, she wants to play with dolls and he wants to play with trucks. If Charlie was here today, like some of your kids have been already, um, he would not go home. He wants to go play on the trucks. My wife taught the five, uh, five o'clock service last night with some of the three and four-year-olds. She said it was unbelievable energy because all the little boys, she had 11 little boys and they were all just so fired up about the trucks, okay? That's different. The genders are different, and the church has done a bad job of recognizing that. Basically, what I'm saying is I think the church has taken the middle bar out of boys' bikes and told them to stop trying to jump over stuff. <laughs> right? We told them that a Christian is just a safe, nice guy, and, and, and when we look at Scripture, we see that a man of God is so much more than that. So my goal is to build you up and to challenge you on Father's Day. Usually on Mother's Day, we're just like, way to go, moms. We love you, and no guy could do what you do. I mean, that is absolutely true. And on Father's Day, a lot of times it's like, yeah, you're no good. You need to be a better dad. That's not what we're doing. Because for so long, I think we told men what they're not instead of what they are. And I want to tell you that you are created the way God created you to be a warrior. You have something to fight for. So let me say it this way. Every warrior has a cause to fight for. Very important. There's something inside that takes place inside the heart of a man when he has a cause outside of himself to fight for. There's something inside every man that, that there's a God-given desire to fight for that which is righteous and true and pure. I love the way the New Testament, the, the New Testament character Nehemiah did this. He had a cause to fight for. The, the walls of the city were broken down. In other words, his family was vulnerable. And someone had to do something about it. So he said, I'll do something about it. And here's the kind of leader that Nehemiah was. When some of his own people were treating each other bad, he didn't say, now come on, you guys. He, it says here, I rebuked them. And I called curses down on them. And I beat some of the men and I pulled out their hair. I made them take an oath in God's name. He was on them like a spider monkey chip. He was all jacked up on Mountain Dew. That's the kind of leader he was. I'm not saying that that's necessarily good leadership. I'm saying he was so passionate about the cause. When his own people were not cooperating, he started slapping them around, literally. Okay, I, I especially love this response to the people on the outside who were trying to attack the mission. On the outside, he didn't start slapping them around. He just said, we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. You see that? We prayed to our God and posted a guard. They did the prayerful thing and they did the practical thing at the same time. And therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords and their spears and their bows. Because sometimes you've got to protect your family. 
That's what warriors do. And those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. Do you know what this is? It's not a spatula, uh, white collar guys, okay? This is a trowel, all right? You, 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 you build a wall with the trowel. They were, they were building things, okay? This is, what a, this is what a bricklayer would use as a trowel. It's a nice sturdy trowel. You got this in one hand and this in the other hand. Do you understand that? That's the point of Nehemiah. Here's the point of Nehemiah. You can't just build something. You also need to protect it. So they had the trowel in one hand and the sword in the other, and they were ready to build and they were ready to protect at the same time. Because otherwise, if you don't do that, everything that you've worked so hard to build is going to be destroyed. You don't just start the family, you protect the family. You don't just start the church, you protect the church. You don't just start your marriage, you protect the marriage. That's good because we were born to be a warrior. Case in point, I'll prove it to you. Two kinds of movies, chick flicks and real movies, right? Okay? I just need some help here, guys. Am I right or am I right? Okay? I have three daughters. I've said that already. So I've seen every one of them. For a guy, it's 90 minutes of hell. Sometimes it's worth it if it puts my wife in the mood, but... But we can't start watching it after 8 o'clock or it's a moot point. You know, it doesn't matter. G- guys, like 6.30, honey, Sleepless in Seattle's on. All right, good. Uh, guys, you know this, right? There's something about a guy movie that does something for a guy, okay? It's important, right? You got Russell Crowe, he's down there in the dirt. He looks up and he says, brothers, what we do on earth matters in eternity. And what does that do to you? I mean, what is that? That stirs you up, right? You got William Wallace, Mel Gibson playing William Wallace with his face painted half blue, and he's calling his men to action. I was, I was FaceTiming with Charlie, my grandson, and, and it, for some reason he happened to be pl- playing with blue finger paint a couple of days ago down in Nashville. So I was like, Charlie, paint your face half blue. I want to take a picture of you for my sermon. So there you go. He did it. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom! <laughs> He's got a little stick, right? Fight and you may die. Run and you will live at least a little while and dying in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all the days from this to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. I mean, come on. If that doesn't stir you up, If that doesn't stir you up, do not go buy one of these shirts. Don't be walking around with it. We got some pink slippers out there for you. Get you a pedicure if you want, man. If I was there with the half blue face, man, I would have fought. You know you would have have too because it's the best movie ever because we're created with the heart of a warrior. And there's this desire to fight for something outside of ourselves. So until you find the cause for which you're willing to die, you will never truly live. And that's what happens to a lot of guys today. The Rose said, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Gentlemen, you know this. When you get bored internally, you crave something. You crave a challenge. That's why so many guys are into sports and and, and get crazy into their work and everything else because they want a challenge. They want a, a cause to fight for. And the other problem is if you don't find that cause, without a cause to fight for, the warrior will find the wrong thing to fight against. And this is where guys go wrong. 
This is, this, is what, this is where things get messed up. You see guys fighting against authority. They're fighting against God or their jobs or, or the cops or whatever it is. Or they become self-destructive. Or they become just destructive, period, and hurt the people around them. Or they do stupid things in a moment of boredom and throw their marriage away, throw away their families. A warrior, gentlemen, that's what you are. You're a warrior. God gave you the heart of a warrior, and you have a cause to fight for. Without that divine cause from heaven, you will fight against the wrong battle all of your life. So how about this one divine cause of fatherhood today? No matter what age you are, men, listening to me right now, fight for that divine cause of godly fatherhood. If you're a 15-year-old warrior listening to me right now, you know what you can do? Don't screw yourself up. Someday you're going to want to be a father. Someday you're going to want to be a godly father, and you start right now when you're 15. You learn to treat women with respect. You learn self-control now because there's never going to come a time in your life where life is going to give you everything you deserve. I just want to tell you that. I've been living it for a while. I want to tell you that. Okay? Learn it now. And get off the porn, okay? Fight for your future wife and your future marriage because nothing on that computer screen is going to be productive for you in the long run because it's not realistic. Fight for your future now. Be a warrior now. To my 35-year-old warriors, you're fighting for your marriage right now because it's hard when the kids are young and you're pulled in different directions. If you're not married yet, you're fighting that same battle for who you want to be and what kind of a father you want to be. But if you're married, you know that if your marriage is not what God intended it to be, it's because there is an enemy and you don't have enough sword going on right now. He is trying to attack you and he's trying to take your marriage away. So you say, today I'm going to surrender my life to the lordship of Jesus. I'm going to pick up the sword and I'm going to fight. Spiritually, I'm going to fight, and that is your cause. Maybe it's for your children. Maybe your children are straying from the truth of God right now, or they're going to, if you don't step up and do the things that you need to do as a dad. You're a great warrior in business. You're a great warrior in sports, but you're a passive warrior at home. That's not going to work. You need to stand in the gap. Remember what he said? I need men to stand in the gap and say, no, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to love you back. I'm going to coach you in the kingdom of God. Maybe for you it's this financial thing we've been talking about for a while. And you've bought into this lie that more material things are going to buy you happiness. And you can't hardly do anything. You have no financial margin and you can't do anything for the kingdom of God because you've gotten yourself all strapped down. So today you're going to say enough is enough. I'm going to lead us to financial freedom. We're going to make a difference in the world. We will start with eternity first. We will save for tomorrow. And we will live a simpler life on 80%. We're going to start doing that right now. Warriors, some of you are living with a generational curse. Alcohol, lust, adultery, whatever it is, your father, their their father, his father after that, it's been passed down. And today is the day you're going to say, you know what, I'm a warrior. I'm going to fight for my family. My sons and my daughters will not receive this curse. I'm drawing the line in the sand. Even if it hasn't been good to now, I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I'm going to be a warrior for Jesus Christ. My fellow Grandpa warriors, 55-year-old warriors, 85-year-old warriors, keep fighting for your kids and your marriage. It's a unique new place to start fighting for the souls of your grandchildren. I'm going to take that role very seriously. It's unique. 
What is that divine battle that God has given you right now? It's individual, but you know that it comes from God. What do you want your kids to be able to say about you someday? That's something that's always been very important to me. Like the new hot song on country radio is Zach Brown's killer song. We had to do it today, um, My Old Man. It's just a great song about the progression of life. Listen. Uh, I just posted another adorable picture of me and my dapper dad on social media. Uh, you know, like a 1955 Chevy in the background. It's amazing how old I am. Uh, happy Father's Day, Dad. Love you. Um, let, me, let me tell you three ways we fight. Okay, let me close out this way. There's three ways we fight. And it, maybe you know, some of you are kind of like getting nervous. Wait, I, I, this, this is not what I thought. Okay, sometimes you take a punch. Sometimes you take a punch. Jesus said, you've heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Okay? Doesn't mean you let people walk over you, abuse you, any of those things. What Jesus is saying is sometimes it's time for you to take the blow. Jesus practiced what he preached. In the Garden of Gethsemane, it was time. The soldiers came to arrest him. No one, lays, no one takes my life from me, Jesus said. I'm going to lay it down. Now it's time to lay it down. Peter doesn't understand this. Peter's like, oh, grabs his sword, right, and starts swinging for the, the closest head, okay? And the Bible tells us that Peter cut a guy's ear off, which always cracks me up because that just means Peter's a fisherman, not a swordsman, right? He is no Inugo Montoya. You know what I mean? Hello. My name is Inugo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to uh, lose an ear. I mean, this is, that doesn't work, right? <laughs> That's who he is. Okay? Jesus says, no, 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 no. Now is not the time to grab the sword, Peter. Now is the time for me to die. This is it. And Jesus could have stopped what happened, but he didn't because it was time for him to take the blow. It was time for him to take the 39 lashes that were meant for us and for our sin. It was, that was his cause, okay? That was how he fought. He was nailed to a cross. That was for a cause. He suffocated under the weight of his own body. That was for a cause. And guys, sometimes that's the way you fight. Sometimes a warrior has to forgive those who hurt you and absorb the pain like a man and show gentleness and power under restraint and take the injury rather than to give it. In the immortal words of Rocky, I think it was like 17 or something, it was the one where, you know, like where he's old but he's still going to fight and he's, gonna, he's talking to his son and there's this one line in there. He says, it ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit. And keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Okay? There's truth in that. Sometimes you gotta, you got to take a punch. That's how it works. Okay? You keep moving forward and you absorb the pain. That's what warriors do. Sometimes you take a knee. Sometimes this is about God handling it. I love Epaphras. We don't know much about him. All we know is that he was a prayer warrior. He was a prayer wrestler. He's always wrestling in prayer for you, that you will stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. Guys, is that a good Father's Day verse or what? Wrestling in prayer for you, that you will stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. Sometimes the way we fight is to ask for God's help, to pray for your family. Okay, Remember, in Nehemiah, they prayed and they did the practical thing at the same time. To humble yourself and to pray. To fight for your family means to pray, to show them who Jesus is, to model Jesus and what's going on and the important things about eternity in your life. Sometimes you take a knee. 
that may look a lot of different ways. Pastor Richie sent me this picture of the DeWitt family who was baptized at the New Lenox campus this week. I love this. Three high school age boys, mom and dad all getting baptized together. Way to go, you guys. Maybe, maybe you need to do that. Take a stand together. That, that's what I'm talking about. It's taking a knee. It's showing them the things that are important. And sometimes you do have to take a stand. Sometimes you got to walk into it. You've you got to confront it. You've got to say, look, we're not letting this happen anymore. Steve Farrar wrote about sheep ranchers in Montana. Um, and, and they were losing their sheep to the coyotes. And they, they kept trying everything. They, they tried shooting them. They, they, one guy lost 50 sheep. They, they tried electric fences. They tried traps, the spray, shooting them. You know, nothing worked. And somebody read about llamas. And they decided to go get a llama. You know what a llama looks like? It looks like kind of a big sheep. But they're really crazy warrior kinds of animals. They're not afraid of anything. If you ever seen one in a petting zoo or you ever been around one, what do they do? They just walk right up to you, right? And sometimes they'll spit on you. That's what they do. Well, guess what? That same thing would happen. The coyotes, this is why if you see big sheep ranches, a lot of times you'll see llamas out there now. Because the llamas will just walk right up to the coyote because they're not afraid of them. They, they, they're not afraid of anything. And the coyotes didn't know what to do with this crazy, weird-looking animal, and so they left the sheep alone. That's how, that's how they solved the problem. Men, let me tell you, there are enemies. There's an enemy who hates your guts and those that you love. There's an enemy who's after your children, so you need to stop running away from him and walk up to him and fight. He's after your marriage. He's after your faith. He's after our church. He's after our witness. And there are times when you need to stand up and confront the danger head on. Man up. Back to Nehemiah. The enemy is around. They got a sword in one hand and a a trowel in the other. They're building and protecting at the same time. And he said, said, here's, here's his big battle cry. Remember the Alamo moment. Here it is. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. In other words, remember the Lord and fight for your family. All right? That's what they did, praying on one side, being ready with the other, building on one side, sword in the other. Christianity is not a playground. It's a battleground. It's not something you do on the weekends. It's your life. Jesus is not just your Savior, he's your Lord. He's the one who calls you to fight. And these are battles that we must win. And know, remember the Lord, know this, that the Lord is walking in front of you. The Bible says, be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. He will destroy them. He will subdue them before you. We have communion here every week, and we invite you, whether you're part of Parkview or not, if you're a believer, to join us. It's the time when we get to stop and realize why we're all here. It's, everything builds to this moment for us to take the bread and the cup and, and to eat and drink together and remember the greatest warrior. I mean, a lot of times when you think about this, you think Jesus died. That doesn't seem like a warrior. Oh, yeah, you have no idea what it took for him to, to lay down his life. And here's why I know this. Because once the disciples got a hold of it, once the disciples saw him raised back again and knew that he had all the power, do you know what happened to them? I mean, Judas took his own life, and John was in prison for the rest of his life and lived to an old age. But all the other ones, they willingly gave their lives. They were martyred also. 
Some of them were hung on crosses. Some of them were run through with a sword. Some of them were burned at the stake because they knew that if Jesus could do this for us, that this is the cause that I was created to give my life for. Because Jesus is alive, this is the only cause worthy for me to live my life. And I'm calling you to that today. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to pray for the hearts of the fathers because it, it is hard. It gets harder every day to try to figure out how to be a godly father in this world and how to fight against all these things that the evil one throws at us. So many things all the time. So many more challenges than our parents had, than their parents had. He's getting clever, Lord. So help us to be prayerful on the one hand and practical on the other hand. Be with us as we fight. Be with us as we stand and become warriors. Help us to see that the, the, the rider of the white horse with king of kings and lord of lords on his thigh and a sword coming out of his mouth, that figurative language of a powerful, mighty Jesus, not the wimpy, golden fleece, diaper Jesus. We want to see who you are as you lead us and know that you are going before us as we fight these battles. Lord, if there are people here who have been away from you, maybe they've never come to you, Help them to know right now in their hearts. Help them open their hearts to you and say, Jesus, I accept. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. I'm going to follow you into battle. I'm going to live my life the way you've asked me and showed me how to live my life. And I'm going to accept your gift of forgiveness and do this battle with you until the time comes when the war is over. And we all get to enjoy eternal victory together. Be with us as we do this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.